0: Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I want to talk to you today about confronting Jericho. Confronting Jericho. Come with me to Joshua 6. Oh, no, Joshua 5.13, sorry. I was reading this passage this morning, actually. This whole idea came to me this morning. God was speaking to me. And I thought this, this, this could be relevant for us. Let's read. It says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked, up, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemy? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the Lord's army or the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does the Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hand, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the, of, of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound, a long blast... On the, of the, on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go go up and everyone straight in. I've always loved this passage of Scripture. It's always been really... Um, I don't know, it's a passage I continually come back to for some reason. There's a few passages of Scripture in the Bible that seem to be like that. Jeremiah 1 is another one of those passages that seems to just keep bringing me back. Romans 1, another passage of Scripture that I seem to always just keep coming back to. Um, and you probably find you've got Scriptures like that in your world as well. But I was thinking about this whole idea of Jericho. And uh, look, Jazzy, can you throw that um, Jazzyk? Did I just call you Jazeek? <laughs> Jesse, can you throw that picture up? It's a bit blurry, but this is roughly what the ancient city of Jericho would have looked like. You know, it's probably not perfectly designed uh, as it was, but this is the best they've come up with on what it would look like. So, Jericho was a real city. Jericho uh, archaeological digs—they have found um, evidence of not just that Jericho existed, but that the account in the Bible is actually what happened. So they've actually done some some archaeological digging. The Germans have done it. Some English people have done it. They've gone. They've... They've excavated and they found, one of the things they found is they found that the whole story of Rahab with the window in the side of the wall was actually real because it's still there. So when they excavated it, they found the spot where that wall actually hadn't fallen down. So the the whole thing was that every wall of the city actually fell. And this is what they were saying, is that, that, that yes, the walls fell, but they didn't completely fall because they actually found the space with the window where Rahab let the spies down to, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to escape the city. They also found the place where the walls did fall. So, when they excavated, they found that where the walls were, some of the walls had sort of caved in, and there was like a, it was kind of like ramped up to the top of the wall with old bricks that the walls would have been made out of. And so, as they continued to dig, they continued to find what they found was they found jars of burnt grain. So they found what they found when they dug it up is they found the jars of burnt grain, which which proves that that the city was sacrificed to God. That they didn't actually take anything out of it. There was only three cities that God told them they couldn't take, they couldn't touch. That was Jericho, and there was Ai, and there was another city I can't recall the name of, but that that they were not allowed to take anything from the city at all. They had to consecrate the whole thing to God, and that's what they did. They they consecrated the city, and they found these 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 containers and inside these jar things were you know obviously it was a long time ago but but they found evidence of grain that had been burnt which they said made no sense because either the people in the in the city would have eaten the grain in the in the siege that would have taken place or invading army would have taken it as plunder, so so there was no other answer to the question on whether that grain actually, why was it burnt? Was it because it was sacrificed to the Lord. So they actually have found evidence to prove the account of the Bible, even down to um, the time of year and and, and and all that kind of stuff that's been said throughout the scripture about this city that was destroyed. Now why am I telling you that? Why am I saying that? Because I want you to know that Jericho was r- real. It actually was one of the oldest cities in the world. And uh, even when I was talking about Elisha earlier, that, was, that city that he was at was Jericho. And so Jericho was real. And I want us to think about this whole idea of Jericho, of uh, like what is your Jericho? Right? Because every single one of us is facing something that could be considered a Jericho of our world. And, uh, you know, every single one of us, it'll be something different, but it's very real. Just like I'm saying Jericho is very real, what you're facing is very real. And, and, and it may not be real to me, but it's real to you. And, and I may not know about it, but you know about it and you know what's before you. And, and, and we see this story of, of, of the Israelites coming to Jericho and Joshua leading them to Jericho. And, and we see this real scenario take place where God intervenes, God steps into this space he tells them that they needed to go and take this city. It actually was a promise that he gave them in this scripture. He said, see that I have delivered to you this city in your hands. So they had been promised from the start, from the moment Joshua got to this city, he was promised that this city was his, that they would take the city for God. And so, I love that because Joshua actually starts this journey of, of overrunning Jericho or taking Jericho with victory already in mind. He's already victorious before he even started. And you've got to understand that you are exactly the same. No matter what you're facing, no matter what the Jericho is in your world, you are not starting from a place of, of loss and brokenness or, or or defeat. You're starting from the place of victory. You're starting from the place of over- already overcome why because one Jesus died on the cross and it was finished right there and that gave you the victory right so so what you're facing right now you're not under it you're over it here's the thing about Jericho they couldn't go over it they couldn't go under it they couldn't go around it they had to go through it and here's the thing about our life we can't go over it. We can't go under it. We can't go around it. You're going to have to go through it. And so God led them through this city. But he fought on their behalf. He did what he, only he could do for them to be victorious. But they had to do what they could do so that they could see God move in that situation. What is your Jericho. What is your Jericho? The first thing we see, he says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. How we see our Jericho makes all the difference. Now, I'm not talking about physical sight. I'm talking about faith sight, right? Bible says that we live by faith, not by sight, that we look with faith eyes. Faith can see the victory before it comes to pass. Faith can see the breakthrough before there's any evidence. Because faith, is, it's, it's what it is. Faith is part of faith. Part of the idea of faith is vision. I can see it. Not, not physically. I may not be able to see it physically if I look at it. But man, when I close my eyes, I can see it. Faith tells me it's going to happen. Faith tells me that all things are possible if I will just believe. Faith tells me that nothing impossible for God. So so that means no matter what I'm facing, God has an answer to bring breakthrough in that situation. Now, it might not always look like how we want it to look like, but you can be rest assured no matter what it looks like, it's how God intended it. If the breakthrough comes, it's God's intention for that breakthrough to come. So we see they come in and he says, see, I have given you this city. And But here's the thing. Are you the victim or the victor? Are you a victim of this situation or are you victorious over it? Are you a victim of the fact that there's an illness in your body or are you, or are you, are you victorious over that, that sickness? Are you living above it or are you living under it? Because the way you see it, the way you perceive it, will determine how you react to it. And if I'm living under it, if I'm living as a victim of it, then it's got control of me. And I'm living under the control of a sickness or a situation or a problem in my life that it's dictating the terms. And that's not how God wants us to live. God does not want us to be dictated to. He wants us to dictate to situations. What do we dictate? We dictate his word. We dictate the promises. We dictate our faith. We we profess it. We proclaim it. And we keep speaking to it. Why? Because our problem, we can either see our problem as an obstacle or an opportunity. (laughs) I thought Zoe was making noises in for a minute, but it was you. That's okay. You're allowed to make those noises in church. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that dummy must be good I have to get myself one of those <laughs> yeah well faith sees Matilda <laughs> faith sees but it's not natural sight it's faith sight do we see our situation as an obstacle or do we see it as an opportunity? And what do I mean by that? I mean as an obstacle that's blocking us from getting breakthrough, an opportunity to see God move in our life. Joshua chose to see Jericho as an opportunity. He chose to see it, although it was a blockage in front of him, that God was more powerful than this city. But this city in itself, you can just throw it back up again. This city was one of the most fortified cities there was around. The way they had built the wall. So if you look at it, if you had a cross section of it, what you'd see here is as they come up, there's a massive trench right around the city. And then they had their, their outer wall, but then they also had an inner wall. This space here was ramped upwards. And and, and so it was it was... Very, very, very difficult city to be able to attack, and and you could attack it or siege against it, but to actually have victory over it, you're talking about you know something that was very, very. Im- almost impossible to do the way they built this city. There, it, was, it was impenetrable and uh, they had built it on purpose that way. And then when they heard that the Israelites were coming, they, they fortified even more. They locked every door. They locked every, every possible entry point was closed off and sealed. No one was allowed to leave. No one was allowed to come in. And there we see that the Israelites are told, see, I've given you this city. Can you see it? But can you see it? God says to Jeremiah, what do you see, Jeremiah? He says, I see the branch of an almond tree. He says, you see correctly. So what do you see with your situation? What do you see with what you're going through that's before you? How do you perceive it? How do you see it? Because it's going to determine how you approach it. The second thing we see here is the angel of the Lord says to him, march around the city once with all your armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpet, the ram horn, ram's horns, in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound of a long blast, let out a shout, he says. What's he saying? God gave Joshua a plan to stick to. That's what he gave him. He said, This is what you need to do to see this breakthrough come to pass. He says, I want you to march around the city once a day for six days. With the horns, David and Gone, all the people march around the city on the seventh day. I want you to do it seven times. And on the seventh time, have the priest blow the trumpet. When you hear the trumpet shout with everything that's inside of you, the walls will fall down. So what did Joshua do? He did the plan he was given. He didn't deviate from it he didn't change it, he didn't switch things out, he didn't try his own way, he did exactly what God had told him to do, what the angel of the Lord had told him to do, he did it word for word, he did it for word for word, you know, I I was wondering, like, why would they, why would God make him march around the city so many times, what, what, God could do it in an instant, right, he could just speak and those walls would fall down. He could just speak and everyone in that city would drop dead, the gate would open and they could just walk right in and they could have the place. But yet God said to him, you need to do it this way. I'm not 100% sure why. I haven't done a full search into why actually, but, but I could imagine maybe it could be because God was trying to get them familiar with the territory they were about to take. If you walk around a city that many times, you're gonna to start to know all notice all the all the rocks in the ground and the cracks in the wall and you know, what were they doing? They had nothing. They weren't they didn't have to fight. They didn't have to they didn't have to try and chip the walls away. They were just walking around these walls and it was a big city. So it's not like you walk around in five minutes. It probably took a while. And they would have been walking around and and, and getting familiar with the space that God was about to deliver them in their hands. I could imagine that as they're walking around the city, the people of the city are yelling taunts and, and, and yelling at them and accusing them and saying things to them and taunting them and, and accusing them and, and calling them all the names they possibly could call them under the sun. Why? Because when there's a Jericho in your world, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of attack comes with it right there's a whole lot of negative thinking there's a whole lot of you know the demonic thinking there's a whole lot of words and thoughts and attitudes and things that people have said to us that 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 are coming from that Jericho trying to bring us down if it's a sickness it could be "Oh, I'm gonna get well you're never gonna get over this you'll never be healed you'll never get through it maybe you're in a financial situation like you're never going to earn enough money you're never going to get out of debt you never you know all these things come to us when we're in the middle of a of, of a place where we're confronted with a jericho these guys would have been yelled at they would have been taunted from the walls you cannot get in here this place is impenetrable this ship will not sink the titanic right it's impossible to sink the Titanic. Very first voyage, it's sunk. Why? Because I think as soon as you label something impossible, you're on shaky ground, unless you're God. <sighs> what am I saying? I'm saying stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. What's the plan that God gave you? Have you do you not know? Pray. <laughs> Well, I don't really know what God's praying. But he hasn't said anything. Keep praying. But it's not working. Yes, it is. I can tell you now, one step of your plan will be prayer. Every time. One step of your 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 plan will be prayer. Absolutely every time. Why? Because it's through prayer that you hear the voice of God. Another step of your plan will be his word. Why? This is how God talks to us. He's already said it. He's already promised it. He said, see, I have already given it to you. He's saying it in past tense. You already have it. But it's not here yet. So? Who's liar? Is God lying? No. Why? Because the Bible says that God can't lie. If God says that chair is red, instantly it would turn red. Because his word is. It can't lie. So it would conform to the word of God. The word of God is absolute truth, which means it carries the power of transformation. So we can take his word. Prayer and his word are definitely going to be part of the plan. If you're going through something, you're facing something, you're challenged by something, and you're not praying and you're not reading the word, then you've got a problem because you're not relying on God to move. Wishful thinking won't change the situation. Worship will. Word will. Prayer will. What's the plan that God has given you? No matter what you're facing, there is a plan in place that if you walk it out, God is with it. He's in it. And he can move in space. Here's another part of the plan. Don't give up. Just don't give up. Where is it saying in the Bible that stop believing God for the breakthrough? Just don't give up. If you have given up, start up again. Get up again. I choose to believe. I'm going to keep believing. I'm gonna keep praying about this. I'm gonna keep going to God's word over this. If you're going through something, ask God to give you a specific word for that situation, and then take that word and hold on to it with everything that's in you. But nothing's changed yet. It doesn't matter. But it's still the same. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna give up. I'm just gonna keep trusting, believing, praying worshipping, bringing it to God. I'm going to keep doing what I can do so God will do what only he can Every step matters. Every step in the journey that God told Joshua to do mattered. Every single step. Why? Because every step was a step of obedience to the plan that God had given him. He didn't deviate, he didn't wander off, he didn't just go around five times or six times. He didn't go around six and a half times on that last day. He went around seven full times. Then they didn't just not blow the horn, they blew the horns and every single person shouted at the blowing of that horn. They didn't miss a step. Why? Because this was the plan for victory. This was the plan for overcoming the situation. And so God has given us a plan and every step in that plan matters. Even if we don't understand it. Even if we're a little bit confused about it. If God says it, then do it. Right? In uh, Isaiah 58, 55 verse 8. Can we bring that up? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Have we got, we don't have the extra scriptures on that, do we? It's all right. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm going to ask you to do things that you don't understand, but I want you to do them anyway. Because trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We can't rely on our ability to understand to trust God. There will be things that he asks us to do that won't make any sense. There will be things that he asks us to do and we'll be confused about it. How could that lead to that? But trust God and if, if God says do this, then do it. And know that he's got the bigger picture, and he knows that that piece of the puzzle leads to another piece of the puzzle that goes to the, another piece of the puzzle. Before you know it, the picture is being formed. Why? Because God has the plan before him. He knows full well how that step is going to connect to that outcome. I'm either walking towards God's promise or away from it. Which direction am I going? Why? Because faith moves. Faith moves. Faith moves. Faith finds a way. Faith moves. The third thing you see is they let out a loud shout and the walls fall down. Faith speaks. These are are elements. Faith has vision. Faith moves. What do I mean by it moves? I mean it, it moves in our obedience. Faith will lead us to do what we can do, to take steps to believe and and to reach out. For some of us will be financial, we'll give financially because we're taking a step of faith in our financial world. For others, we'll do something in our, in our physical world because we're believing for a through in our physical world. For others, it could be relational and and you know it might be going to counseling with your partner because why? Because well, that's a step of faith saying, I am gonna go and do something that's gonna lead to healing and not division. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what God tells me to do. But faith also speaks, it declares the victory. What has God promised you about that situation? And why are you? talking about it. If God's promised it to you, you should be talking about it. It should be coming out of your mouth. The promise should be coming out of your mouth. Literally, verbally being spoken. I love what you said this morning, this afternoon in the prayer meeting, like you felt like God wanted us to lift our voice. Why? Because sometimes you've got to lift your voice. When the Jericho is speaking louder than your faith, there's a problem. When the enemy is yelling louder than the faith voice on the inside of you, you need to lift the faith voice on the inside to overrun the devil's voice. Because he's going to shout at you. He's going to yell at you. He's going to try and make, convince you it's impossible he's going to try and push the the envelope in that area to say you will never get free you'll never get healed you'll never get out of this situation but the reality is you have promises of God to say you will one you've got to know them two you've got to confess them you've got to speak them why because words have creative power God's word has creative power but faith speaks Bible says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, Matthew 17, 20, small as a mustard seed. He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You can say, you can say, Faith speaks, you can say, move, and it will move. Faith is small as a mustard seed. It always amazes me that it says a mustard seed there, that it's as small as a mustard seed. That you actually don't need a lot of faith to see things happen. A lot of people go, Lord, I need more faith for this situation you don't need more faith. You just need to activate the faith on the inside of you. Why? Because when you got saved, God put a portion of faith inside of us to get saved in the first place. It took faith to get us across the line. We had to believe that God first exists so we were able to be saved by him. Right? So you already have a portion of faith on the inside. So you don't need more faith. You just need to activate your faith. You need to switch it on. Because that's how it works. Often faith just lays dormant on the inside of us because we look at the situation and we struggle to believe it can change. But it can. It can change. God promises things can change. God gives us a plan to walk out because faith speaks, faith sees, faith moves, faith is powerful you can say to this mountain, the breakthrough will come as we align our vision, our direction and our confession with the plan of God that he's given us. We've got to know the plan. It's not going to change by burying our heads in the sand, trying to ignore it, that maybe it'll go away. No, it won't. It will just wait. It'll just be there it may calm down for a little while, but it will rear its head again. Why? Because we're not in faith. Can I have the musicians come? Faith never gives up. And faith finds a way to God. Luke 5, 19. We see this story about Jesus healing a paralysed man. And it says that his friends brought him to the house, but because it was so full and the entryway was so full, they couldn't couldn't get in to Jesus to get this man healed. So it says that they climb up on the roof, they pull apart the tiles and they lower him down in front of Jesus. Jesus. And according to their faith, this man was healed. What? Because faith finds a way. You can say, there's no way. I can't earn more money. There's no way out of this situation. I can't earn more money. Faith can find a way. The doctor said that this sickness, that's it. There's nothing else I can do. I've just got to live with it. Faith can find a way. This marriage is over. These friendship gone. It's over. It's, it's, it's not going to come back. Things are never going to be the same. Faith can find a way. Faith can find a way. Faith can find a way, Zoe. Hey, you're having your seven laps right now. Because faith can find a way. What is your Jericho? No matter how impossible it looks, no matter how difficult it looks to see the breakthrough, faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. Winston Churchill's faced some of the most horrific challenges in World War II. One of his quotes, one of his mantras was to never, never, never give up. That was his attitude towards the Nazi regime, coming at them when they'd taken everything up until that point. And his attitude: said, I'm never going to give up. I will keep on fighting. I will keep on standing. I will keep on confronting. I will keep on chanting and confessing the victory because faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. I keep repeating it, but you need to hear it. Faith will find a way. Away, nothing is impossible. Have faith as small as a mustard seed; you can smash this mountain, and it will be done for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. But I've been believing for so long, Dave. I've prayed for so long. I've had so many people lay hands on me. I've had so many altar calls. I've had so many people praying for me. I've prayed to God so much and nothing's ever changed. But faith will find a way if you don't give up. All things are possible for him who believes. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.